Welcome to this online service from Grace Point. I pray that the Lord Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit anoint you as you participate from home and that this becomes something significant in your day. In this message, we're going to talk about aha moments and how they are often a means that God uses to accelerate, to expedite our growth in faith. Moms get to have just such an experience. It's called childbirth. It's something very special to have a human being growing inside of you and to get to experience the birth of that child. In Genesis, we're told that the man and the woman would become one. They become one in the marriage ceremony. They become one in relationship. Uh, But out of the two, one comes. They have a child, so the two literally become one. It's a marvelous thing for us to be able to participate a bit in creation. We, the created, get to experience a little bit of what it feels like to be part of creating something new, although I readily admit that God is behind the whole thing. But I tell you, nothing in my life has affected me like the birth of our children. Now, granted, my wife had the harder part, and I got to enjoy more than I had to do any of the suffering and the work of having a child. But man, when I saw that little child, I remember how impactful it was to me and how I thought, wow, what a miracle, what a marvelous thing. And I felt instantly the responsibility of having another human being uh, dependent upon me. It's an aha moment that just changes you forever. On this uh, Mother's Day weekend, I pray that your children, moms, rise up and, and bless you and honor you and that they thank you for your patience and for your, your uh, love that you've shown them. I pray you have a very special day. In our John series, we're, given to, uh, we're getting to this pivotal moment, uh, a section of John that really shows what the ministry of Jesus Christ is all about. I've eagerly been anticipating this message and looking forward to it. We're going to come to this great big aha moment in the life of Mary and Martha that was just life-changing for them and actually can be life-changing for us as readers. There are all kinds of ways that we can experience aha moments. Even this COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic that we're going through um, is just such an opportunity. I think during this time that we as God's people need to step into the moment that the Lord is providing for us. It's a moment that affords us some accelerated growth, some exponential growth. It's a, it's a moment where we can go deeper in the Lord and have some understanding maybe that we previously didn't have. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to become the church dispersed. I, I think God is calling us as his people to become one to really understand personal responsibility uh, in following him and how to enter into the priesthood that he desires for all his people to experience. From the beginning moments of the church, from the very birth of the church, Jesus' intention was that we would be a church dispersed. And the early church didn't quite get this. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they were having a, a real great time together as a church, which is good. People like to be with like-minded people. 
Uh, but God wanted them to go into all the world, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he allowed persecution to come along and to disperse them uh, and to get them on mission for what he desired uh, to take place. It's our natural inclination to kind of want to be together. And I think during a time like COVID-19, sure, we want to meet. We miss the church. I miss you all so very, very much. But don't miss the moment that God has us in. Perhaps he's allowing us to be dispersed a little bit, uh, to go into our neighborhoods with a new kind of missional intention, to pray more earnestly, to dive deeper into him, uh, to understand what it means to be uh, dispersed and on mission for God uh, and living life uh, in that kind of, uh, of a perspective. I know a lot of you are just tired of this quarantine thing. I sure am. Consider this, wherever we're at, whether it be in the country or in the city, uh, we're in the country and naturally already quarantined, uh, God always wants us to press into the moment that he's providing for us, to, to, to grab a hold of it. And this COVID-19 has provided a lot of us with an aha moment, a moment of reflection, of self-awareness, of maybe addressing some things in our life that have been askewed, uh, misplaced, um, you know, urgent things that have been displacing things that maybe are more important. And I want to encourage you, don't think, I want to go back to life as it was, as normal. Ask God, what is the new normal you want me to experience and enter into now uh, as this thing uh, maybe begins to wind down a, a little bit? God always wants us to experience a fresh encounter with him, a, a, a deeper dependency on him, a, a deeper commitment to his mission, a deeper commitment to loving others, um, to being more open to the moving of the Holy Spirit on our lives. Uh, so don't push through the moment that he has for you. Instead, embrace the moment that you find yourself in. God provides many kinds of aha moments. I mean, having the birth of a child, an aha moment that forever changed me. Mary and Martha, they had an aha moment that we're going to look at in this message that forever changed them. COVID-19 is an aha moment that can forever change us uh, for the good if we'll embrace the moment we're in and ask God to do a deep work in us. I'm going to read to you John chapter 11, verses 1 through 44. We're going to read about the raising of Lazarus from the dead and how it really affected those drastically who got to experience it. Listen to this. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. 
Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. I always kind of like this little drama that the disciples bring into these accounts. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know you'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called In a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let them go. In what I just read to you, we see a great example of an aha moment. A moment where Mary and Martha and those present were allowed to see who Jesus really was. And I'm convinced it forever changed them. Like a birth of a child, like this COVID-19 that we're going through, we have these aha moments that are an opportunity for us to just have an accelerated understanding of our faith. When I saw my little children born, I realized, man, you're God the creator. And my faith just was amplified and it was increased. 
And when Mary and Martha got to experience some of the things they experienced, I'm convinced 100% they were never the same people. And even things like COVID-19 provide us with opportunities to dive deeply into God and have new revelations of who he is and what he wants you uh, to see and experience in your life. As parents, it's natural for us to want our kids to grow up and to become mature, contributing adults. Likewise, our Heavenly Father has this desire for you and I as his followers to grow up in our faith, to mature, to come to deeper understanding of who he is and to become contributors uh, to his cause, to become this mature, uh, well-grounded follower of his. Where we're being discipled, and when I use the word discipled, I mean we're conforming to Jesus for his glory and for the sake of of others. Both sisters said, Lord, if only you had been here, our brother would not have died. They had known Jesus was special. Jesus was not an ordinary person. Martha said to Jesus, I I know that Lazarus will be raised at the end of the age, that he'll experience that resurrection. She had some of the story down. She knew kind of what was going on. And then Jesus clarified for her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, Lord. And it was like Martha wanted to get off the hot seat. And she quickly ran and got Mary and said, the Lord wants to talk to you. And Mary came and all she could do All she could do at that moment was grab the Lord's feet and just weep and say, like her sister had said, if Lord, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Both women were developing in their faith. Both women were going through this aha moment, an experience that would forever change them, that would grace them with this exponential leap in their faith understanding and they would never ever be the same because of this experience. Sometimes when, when guys like I speak, we use this language that we hope people get. And I've already said this a couple times in this message that Mary and Martha would experience an exponential leap in faith an exponential growth moment, an accelerated growth moment, a multiplication kind of growth moment. When I I use that term in the message, I want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about. So I want to ask you to engage with me for a moment. Just humor me for a moment. In fact, I want to encourage you to do this with your kids. If their kids are present, call them uh, to your side and give them a proposal. I want you to give them a proposal so they begin to have an understanding of what what is meant by something uh, when it's exponential. This will be a great little exercise. It'll be good for your kids. It'll be good for you too. I have this $100 bill. This is a real $100 bill. Now, I'm not saying you should actually do this with your kids, but if you want to, uh, it'd be interesting, but be, be ready to lose a lot of money. So you can say this to your kid. I have a proposal for you. I'll give you this $100, and you can just have this $100. Or I'll give you this penny today, but here's what's going to happen for the next 20 days. Every day, this penny will double in its amount. So tomorrow, it'll be worth two cents. The next day, it'll be worth four cents. The next day after that, it'll be worth eight cents. And for every, every day, the amount will double. That's how an exponential thing works. Over a given time period, 
there's a constant of change. So we're using the constant two here, and we're using the time period of a day. So for every day, whatever you have will double. Will you take the penny today, or will you take the $100 today? Which one do you want? And here's where it gets really interesting and really informative. I even grafted this out for you uh, to see. Initially, for the first few days, especially, it's, there's hardly any growth at all. There's hardly any growth. But then you get over here to like day 14, 15, to 16, and it starts growing like crazy because the amounts start, they're doubling every day. And by day 20, you're over 500,000 pennies. And so if your child chose the penny, they were wise because by day 20, that penny is now worth $5,242.88. That's how something exponential works. This is why when we talk about this uh, COVID-19 that some of the experts get really alarmed because they have found that the um, rate of change uh, of infection is like 1.25 per day if left unchecked. So if you go to an ideal place like New York for the spreading of such a disease and there are no mitigation things happening and you have a constant of 1.25, so every, every day the, the infection increases by 1.25, by the end of two months, 120,000 people will be infected, which is the, kind of what happened in New York. Now, of course, it's mitigating things to slow it down, social distancing and people staying home when they're sick and all that. But that is not even my point here. My point is this. At at, at, at aha moments, like the birth of a child, like what Mary and Martha experienced with the raising molasses from the dead, even in tough situations like COVID-19, there are moments where we can have decades of change happen almost instantaneously if we're open to what God wants to do in our lives. Our faith can just take these leaps of growth. And that's what I want to talk with you on for the rest of this message. How do we truly experience that kind of thing when those aha moments come our way. First of all, growing in faith like this often begins with a situation you cannot handle. Mary and Martha could not handle or solve or fix the death of their brother Lazarus. They were out of their league. They had no hope of changing that outcome. And, and, and they knew that Jesus was special, that he could do something, but they unintentionally put their limitations on him. They said, if only you had been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. They unintentionally were limiting what they thought Christ could do in this situation. So here it is in a point, Mary and Martha's limitation. They thought it was too late. If only Jesus had been present, then Lazarus would not have died. So what are you facing in your own life right now where you're maybe unintentionally putting limitations on Jesus Christ? Maybe you're thinking, well, this is too late for me. I can't change. Or maybe you're thinking, God doesn't care. God doesn't see. Or maybe if you get really honest, you say, I just don't have the faith to believe that God can do something in this particular area of my life or in this particular situation in my life. Here's what I challenge you to do today. Remove that limitation. Ask God to grace you with faith to believe that he can do 
that which you cannot even see how he can do, that which you can maybe not even hope for at this moment that he would do, and begin to say, God, give me an open heart to believe that you can do things beyond my imagination or my scope of understanding, and ask him to grace you with a faith to believe that it could be so. A second way that I think we can experience accelerated growth is this. Growth, growing in faith often involves some kind of deeper revelation about Jesus Christ. Now, in this miraculous raising of Lazarus from the dead, this happened for Martha and Mary and those present. Um, they got this deeper revelation. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him will live even though they die. Now, Jesus said that to them, and they kind of acknowledged it. But when Lazarus was raised from the dead, they were confronted with that truth, that Jesus really is the resurrection and the life. And I am convinced that aha moment, that deep new revelation of Christ forever changed these two ladies and those who are open to Christ. It just changed them forever. And we have frequent opportunities. We have frequent trials and situations that are beyond our scope of management that provide opportunity for us to have a deeper revelation of who Christ really is and what he's really about. Let me list a few for you. Maybe you can relate to a couple of these. For instance, if someone you love is facing an illness or perhaps someone you love has died, that definitely puts you into this category where you're going, oh man, what do I do here? And, and, and what, what God do you want to do? And sometimes we pray for healing and then someone ends up dying. But understand this, when somebody dies, that is the ultimate healing. They're now perfect and in presence of the Lord Jesus Christ if they place their faith in, in Jesus. And I was thinking on this lately because I've done a couple uh, of funerals and, and heard of, of a few uh, people who, who have died that have just touched my heart. I, I've been thinking on Psalm 116.15 that says this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And recently I heard uh, of the passing of someone that um, that. I, I really was a f- uh, fond of and who had a special place in my heart. Uh, it, her name is Erica. And she was known here in, in, in Brookings as Erica Olson. That's her maiden name. She recently uh, succumbed to cancer and, and passed away. And I had her in my youth group when I was doing youth uh, back in the 90s here in Brookings. And, and she was a good friend of my daughter, Brianna. And, and I, I just, I was so sad for her husband, Max, and for their, their children. But I thought of that verse, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saint. And Erica loved Jesus. And at the end of her life, there was this supernatural peace that came over her and assurance. And a lot of testimony was given to that very thing. And she died really well in the Lord. And we only see things on this side of eternity. We don't see things on the other side of eternity yet. And precious in God's sight it's the death of someone like Erica. I mean, it just, it's just so comforting. And instead of, instead of it being a, 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 a devastating, despondent thing for you and I on this side of eternity, we, if, we're, if we're open to God and what he wants to show us, we could see, man, he's got that, that, that under control and she's precious in the palm of the hand of our God. You see, oftentimes, oftentimes, deep revelation in Jesus piggybacks on something that's very difficult.
I mean, think about COVID-19 and all the fear now that tend to be rising up in people when it comes to this thing. Um, if we will just allow it, allow it to give us a deeper revelation of what God wants to do in our life, where he says, in him, there is no fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a solemn mind. On that, on that trial, on that trouble, we can have this piggybacking effect of a deeper revelation of who God is. And of course, this can happen with anger. If, 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 you, if, we'll, if we'll allow a deeper revelation of Jesus to piggyback on anger, we could see that God will give us self-control because the, the anger of man does not work, work the righteousness of God. Or if we're lonely, uh, piggybacked on that, we can begin to understand that God wants to give us his family, the, the church as a family, or if it comes to aimlessness, I don't know where I'm going, uh, piggybacked on that problem can be that if you will really press into Jesus Christ, he will give you purpose for life. Or if you're just brokenhearted and just going through some real tough things, piggybacked on that kind of thing can be this whole redemptive and restorative quality that Jesus wants to bring into your life. Oftentimes, these trials and hardships are just a means for God to bring a deeper revelation into our lives. Third thing uh, that we find from this account that I read to you today about the raising of Lazarus that's really key in growing in faith, having this accelerated um, kind of experience in our faith is this. It often involves a moment where Jesus' empathy is experienced. We're told in John 11 that as Mary grasped Jesus' feet and wept, and as those around wept, that Jesus was troubled. I, I, that term troubled is just cool. It means he was bothered in his soul. He felt the pain and despair and despondency uh, of, the, of the folks around him. Oftentimes, what God wants us to do is understand that Christ empathizes with us. He relates to us. And every now and then, God allows that just to touch our hearts in such a real way. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're going through something really difficult to even experience this kind of understanding that Jesus gets us, that he relates to us, that he, that he, that he, that he wants to touch our hearts at times, that he really cares for us. I mean, singing some of our songs here before this message today, I mean, oftentimes when I'm doing that, I'll just feel the Holy Spirit just touch me to the point of tears. And I feel the, the, the great empathy of Christ for me and his love for me. And I think, oh, Jesus, I, I just bask and I revel in who you are. Sometimes I'll get up in the morning and I'll see a magnificent sunrise. And I'll think, man, God, your creation is meant. Majestic. And all of a sudden, there's this flooding in my soul of the person of the Holy Spirit uh, that brings this deep, this deep experience to me where I, I, I get to know Jesus Christ just a little bit better. Uh, sometimes I've experienced this kind of empathy of Jesus when I've loved my kids so much where my heart just bursts for them. And Jesus will say to me, that's how I love you. I love you just the same way. I remember... Just one occasion, I was at the cabin. This was years and years ago. My dad was still alive. And we were sitting on this upper deck of our cabin. And my son, Peter, was like four years old at the time. And that little boy was running to the lake and running back to the cabin, running to the lake and running back to the cabin. And my dad just sat up there and laughed at him. And 
he's holding his trunks up because they're tending to fall down. He had no hips. He was a skinny little runt. And, 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 and I remember looking down at him and thinking, I just love you so much. And my dad said, I've never seen a cuter thing than that in my life. And at that moment, I remember Jesus saying, that's how much I love you. Do we understand that? God cares for us so much. I encourage you, press into these moments where the empathy of Jesus Christ is being experienced. One of the benefits of the season that we're going through right now is there's a little bit of a slower pace, a little bit of, of a more opportunity to be reflective. I encourage you, press into the moment and just experience God in a deeper way. Now, in our reading today, we come across this verse that's often quoted as the shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus wept. And unfortunately to me, that's a real misunderstanding of the significance of that, that verse. To me, that verse says, clearly, Jesus loves his suffering creation. He loves people. His heart goes out to them. Jesus wept. I want to make something really clear to you. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He cares about you more than you will ever realize. Do you feel that? Can you articulate that to other people? Christ cares for you tremendously. I want to close today with this really important perspective. The miraculous is an opportunity to experience accelerated growth in your faith if you are open to going deeper in Jesus, if you have an openness to it. I'm going to finish the message by reading the reactions of the people present who witnessed and heard about the raising of Lazarus from the dead. It's John chapter 11, verse 45 through 48. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and seen what Jesus did, they believed in him. That's one reaction. Here's a second reaction. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called the meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone who will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. So this is a surprising difference in reaction. Some saw this and said, oh man, this is so out of the box. I'm giving my heart to Jesus Christ. They were open, but others were closed. They rejected what was going on. And some then went and told the Pharisees, they kind of tattletailed on, on Jesus to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees, instead of being open to what was taking place, they were so closed off. And they were more concerned about their position in culture than that they had the living God in their very presence. Oftentimes we think if, if we just had a miracle, people would believe. But I want to tell you something, friends. It's very dependent upon whether we're open or not to what Christ wants to do in us. If we can even receive that miracle and it can change our, our lives. So I pray and I hope this for you, that you're really open during this really difficult time that we've been going through to what God wants to do in your life. 
because he's bringing us all kinds of aha moments, all kinds of opportunities. And much of what results from that is dependent upon our openness and willingness to receive what Christ wants to do in in our lives. I remember 9-11. Wow, that was terrible. The Twin Towers going down. It just shocked the nation. And people at that moment in, in Williston, North Dakota, they were in shock. And we had prayer meetings and people were wondering what was going to go on. But that was so distant and so far away from us that soon it became something that really didn't affect us other than some economic fallout. And I, I, I hate to admit, the, admit this, but I think it was kind of quickly forgotten. But this COVID-19, it's like never going away. It's back in the background. It's constantly irritating. It's kind of like a slow burn thing. And, and I think perhaps God wants us to grow in dependency on him during this time, to change our priorities, to step into accelerated growth that he's providing us an opportunity to experience and not to forget so easily and to maybe understand that we aren't going to return to life as normal. He wants us to develop what is a new normal. What does he really want us uh, to be like? Uh, how does he want us to change? How does he want priorities to change? Maybe he wants us to slow down and see what's really important in life. If we will be open to those kinds of things, we're going to experience that accelerated growth. Uh, where maybe we could experience decades of growth, so to speak, in a short few weeks, if we're just open to what God wants to do. I want to leave you with this reflecting question. Are you open to going deeper in Jesus? I just want to leave you with that one simple reflection question. Once again, we provided you with some materials to continue this uh, study of this topic matter uh, at home together or discipling with family and friends. And you can go to our webpage and go to... um, the uh, media section there and find today's bulletin and find those questions for further study for you and your family and with your friends. Uh, I would like to close right now with a word of prayer and I would really encourage you to to join me. Lord God, I want to thank you for the story uh, of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. I want to thank you for the story within the story uh, of Mary and Martha and how they had this aha moment, Lord, that I am convinced forever changed them. I thank you, Jesus. That's how you work in our life. You bring us to aha moments, whether it be a birth of a child that we kind of think about on days like Mother's Day, uh, or or whether it be a trial of COVID-19 that we don't really want to think about, we're probably all tired of thinking about, or whether it it just be uh, some event that that, um, we weren't uh, thinking about, the death of a really close friend, or maybe something unexpectedly great just happens that all of a sudden we just experience a you know, this promotion, Lord. All these things, all these aha moments are are just opportunities, Lord, for us. If we're open to grow exponentially in you, to have just leaps uh, in, in, in growth in our faith, would you grace us with an open heart, Lord, to step into these moments and truly embrace them in a way that we grow like you desire for us to grow, Lord? I'm convinced that you want to create a mature body of of followers. You want us to be 
grown up in our faith, where we're contributors, not just consumers, Lord, where we look to others and we're troubled in our souls when they're despondent and suffering, Lord, um, where we're, uh, we're aware uh, of what you would have us do in circumstances, Lord, how to speak encouraging words or how to bring your light uh, to bear on decisions that are being made, Lord. I just pray that you would grow us up in our most holy faith, Jesus. I thank you for aha moments that accelerate that process. And Lord, I pray that we'd be ones who are conformed to you, Jesus, for your glory and for the sake of others. We love you so very much, Jesus. And I pray you bless everyone who listened to this today and fill them with your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen.